Welcome to Just a Parishioner. I'm Lorenz Zaragoza. I'm Sean Greeley. Thanks for downloading today's episode. All episodes are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And we have a really good episode for you guys today. We have a very special guest for you guys today. And we will introduce her in a second, hint, hint. Uh, But what are we talking about today, Sean? We're talking about Catholic and Christian resources that we found helpful in our faith lives so far, whether that be a podcast, a book, maybe we'll find a movie in the conversation, who knows? But um, we're going to be sharing some of the things that we've found to be really beneficial and edifying in our faith journey so far. So you're using word edifying already. I already know you're going to talk about books. See, um, <laughs> I've read a book or two. Yeah, <laughs> a book or two. So I told you to bring over uh, some of the stuff that you'd be talking about today. And you brought over a bunch of books. I'm like, everything I have is on my phone because I only listen to things in audio form. <laughs> I guess you could only listen to things in audio form, but I only yeah. consume things in audio form. Lorenz is over here trying to read audio. Yeah, so <laughs> that's the problem. I don't know how to read. Um, you and I, we, we've we talked about a lot of stuff and, and we, we share, um, especially from a podcast perspective, you and I share a lot of mutual podcasts together. Um, and then I actually messaged your wife the other day when we were talking about what we we're going to talk about, uh, I messaged her because she put an amazing quote up on her Instagram story and her and I went back and forth. I told her, this is what we're going to be talking about tonight, Catholic Christian resources. And it's funny. She said, well, if you need any recommendations for women, you know, let me know and I'll give you them. I'm like, you know what? You should just come on the podcast. So today's guest, very exciting for the first time. We've spoken about her a million times. I feel like we've had episodes about her, but she's never officially been on the podcast it is Sean's wife, Julia Greeley. Julia, finally happy to have you on. Thank you guys for having me on. Thank you, Lorenz, for inviting me. Yep, absolutely. Are you kidding right now? No, Lorenz <laughs> is the one who invited me on the podcast today, so I'd just like to say thank you to him. Fair Those are facts. This Those time. Facts. This time. <laughs> this time. Now, Sean might have, uh, he might have had a hand as to why you're here, but you know, I'm, I'm happy that you're here, and I'm excited to talk about this. I think this is a very... Uh, appropriate conversation to have you involved. Um, because listen, men and women consume different, uh, different things and in different formats for sure. Uh, and uh, with that, you might read something, Sean, and you might read the same thing and take it differently. So very important to have a woman's perspective on what we're talking about today. So I'm excited, very excited. Um, if you want to reach out to us, if you reach out to us if you want to share uh, some of the resources that you love, like the Just a Parishioner podcast. Uh, you can connect with us at Just a Parishioner on Instagram or facebook.com slash Just a Parishioner. If you want to reach out to us via email, it is weareparishioners at gmail.com. So let's just jump right into it. Um, I obviously, I mean, I joke about it. I I do listen to audiobooks. <laughs> so um, you know what? I, I just don't consume things via reading. I It takes yeah. me too long. And I understand that if I read more, it wouldn't take as long. And I get that. Um, but me, it's just the way I consume things better. I, I learn better. Um, we're, we're fairly confident that you've read at least enough to get you through high school graduation. So yeah. that's pretty good. Hey, listen, I graduated college too. So I definitely faked it through there too. <laughs> um, but with all that said, I, I mean, personally, I like listening to podcasts. I've listened to a couple of audiobooks, but I, I like the, I like the now version, uh, the the now of podcasts. Yeah, you know, um, I agree. So, Julie, I'll jump to you. If you were to pick one avenue of the way that you consume information, what is your favorite way to do so? It's definitely books, and yeah. that's why Sean and I are married. Okay, <laughs> so Sean, you agree with that too? Yeah. I, so, I mean, it's funny because I used to read just way more. I used to be able to tear through books very easily. And now I find myself being a lot slower with my reading when I do pick up a physical book because like, you know, having worked uh, similar jobs to you, like we're in the car so much that it's just easier to put on a podcast or an audiobook or something like that. But still definitely love just like sitting down and digesting a book a little bit. Yeah. So Julia, what, what is it about books that you appreciate more than podcasts or audiobooks? I don't know. I feel like I've always just loved reading. I majored in English in college. Um, I had a minor in creative writing too. So I've just always loved reading and I feel, I don't know, I just get really excited like flipping through the pages of a book and finishing a book. Um, I love underlining in it and like going back to really great quotes. I love taking notes in books, Um, but I do like podcasts too. I listened to three podcasts today actually. 
Um, like Sean, I feel like I find myself listening to podcasts a lot because I can while I'm working. Right. Um, but there's just nothing better than like finishing a good book to me. I'll say that the notes, the notes aspect of, of reading a book, because I, in the two books that I read in my life, I wrote notes in it and I can go back to it and that you can't do obviously with a podcast. There were times where I was listening to an audio book and I was screenshotting like oh. timestamps and, mm-hmm. and I would go back and listen to it that way. Um, but I've also found that I've done is some of the audio books I love, I actually go onto Amazon and I buy the books mm-hmm. so that I can find it and make notes in that too. I'll listen to the audio book and then I'll go into the book. Um, as I'm talking, I realize how lazy and crazy I am. But I don't know. It's not lazy or crazy. It's, you're just living in the 21st century, man. Fair enough, man. Um, and I mean, I'll ask you the same question. What is it about reading that does it for you? So oftentimes, like I, I find if I'm reading the Bible and trying to pray with scripture, like I find myself sometimes it's difficult to like read for volume, like reading for, you know, to try to tear through the book quickly because I'll get stuck on one portion of it where it's like, oh man, I either need to reread this to like understand it deeper or like this one aspect of this segment of the book has affected me so deeply in like thought and in my soul where I need to spend some time with that, you know, in prayer, if it's a Bible. Oftentimes in whether it be a spiritual book or a non-spiritual book, I'll still run into that where it's like this part of this book is like impacting me so much and now I get to take a second and breathe with it so that's the one thing like with an audiobook if I'm listening to it and there's a line that's really impactful it just keeps going and I don't get to take the opportunity to kind of sit with it so that's something that I really love about having the physical book in front of me all right so let's dive into it I mean we'll start with you Sean because uh I mean you're talking about how things have moved you you know so passionately like so what what are you know maybe either a podcast or a book or what is your you know, top, I mean, you know, what's your favorite resource or what do you want to talk about right now from a resource perspective? Well, we brought some of our books off of our library shelf that we have. Um, so I'll just a couple that I'll mention here. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you all of them are, but, um, one that I love just absolutely, um, CS Lewis in general, I really love, I've probably read a majority of his, uh, Christian books that he's written and he has, one is called um, The Weight of Glory, which is actually a collection of essays that he wrote. Um, I forget if they were published in the, the newspaper, but um, yeah, they were all written during the 1940s, a lot of them during the World War II. Um, the title of the book, uh, compilation of them is called The Weight of Glory. That's also the name of the first essay. And I think it may be the best piece of like writing that I've read. I don't, that's a hard claim to make, but it's very, it's just absolutely excellent. Um, just really packed with Christian wisdom. Um, that the whole title, the weight of glory comes from the idea of like the, the fact that we are created for companionship with God and like kinship with God. That's like a weight on us, right? That is like, we are meant to share in the glory that God is Um, He created us for that. And that's like a responsibility for us to bear. Right. And to try to like live our lives in a way that that carries us forward in that capacity. Um, I was just looking back at my notes from when I read it, you know, years ago. And there's just it's just packed full of wisdom. Um, But I think one of the most quotable lines um, is right at the end of it, just to ruin it for everybody. Um, He talks about saying there are no ordinary people. You've never talked to a mere mortal. The things around us like nations and arts and civilizations, those are all going to crumble. But compared to our lives, they have like the life of a gnat is what he says. Um, We have these immortal lives ahead of us. They're either, you know, immortal horrors where if we live our lives poorly and we end up going to hell or everlasting splendor in heaven. Um, and the line that I think sticks with people the most from that is next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. Wow. Just mind blowing when you get to read that and really comprehend what that means for you, especially in this climate now that we're in where everybody's at each other's throats over, you know, sometimes minor, sometimes major issues, but always recognizing that this person was created in the image and likeness of God, just like you were. 
And outside of Jesus himself, this is the thing on this earth that is most worthwhile for um, respecting and being reverent towards. I love that you gave me the what, but the why also, because uh, I mean, that's what we all want to hear. That's what I want to hear. And at the end of the day, I I might pick up the book myself. And uh, oh, so that's one thing that I did want to mention for the listeners is that everything that we're referencing today, whether it be a book or a podcast, uh, we're going to do our best to create a show notes and put links to either the book itself where you could buy it or uh, the link to the podcast that we're referencing. So for those of you with pens and papers, just put them down, look at the show notes and uh, we'll, we'll try to link everything up for you. Um, but that was a great start, Sean. Uh, Julie, I'll, I'll, I'll jump to you. And if you want to share something with the listeners that has impacted you or a great resource as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I brought a couple different books here, but there are two that I want to focus on. I feel like the main theme of all the books that I'm not realizing as I stare at them um, is kind of like who God created us to be. Like that's what these books are all about. Um, so the two that are probably my favorites out of these are The Privilege of Being a Woman um, by Alice von Hildebrand and Girl Arise. It's by Claire Swinarski. I don't know if I pronounced that right, but she is the host of the Catholic Feminist Podcast, which mm-hmm. is another great resource. Um So without getting too much into like my backstory, I know this isn't a person or profile for me or anything. um, One day, one one day, day, one day. (laughs) Um, But I feel like a big part of my story was like not feeling like I didn't fit into like, like a perfect um, box, you know, like a good Catholic mold. And I read this book, Girl Rise. Um, And, you know, the subtitle is A Catholic Feminist's Invitation to Live Boldly, Love Your Faith, and Change the World. And the whole book is about, like, being a woman of faith, being a woman of God, and not fitting into a box, and how God creates women so differently, and we're all so beautiful and so unique, um, but we're all just called to love God and love other people. Um, So this is a really, really great book that kind of opened up uh, that idea to me that I don't have to fit into a mold. Um, I mean, I'm looking at it right now and it looks like it's a pretty quick read. It is. Yeah. And a lot of these books that I picked are quick reads too. Like this book is only a little over a hundred pages. It's like 103 pages. So I read it pretty quickly. Um, and I'm kicking myself for not underlining it because I don't have any excerpts to read to you right now. Um, but just means you got to read it again. I know. I know. I really feel like I should, but looking at like the table of contents, it talks about, um, claiming your room at the table and like being called as a leader, Um, becoming pro-life and pro-woman. That's something that I know is like a very hot topic amongst women, whether you're pro-choice or pro-life. And this talks about how you can be pro-life and pro-woman at the same time. And it just has all of these really great nuggets in here. Um, And it's only less than, uh, well, it's about 100 pages. So it's a really good read. I know part of of our, you know, just obviously knowing Julia being married to her, um, we've talked about like how, Oftentimes, like if you're like an intensely Catholic woman, it can show up as like either you're like super devout and super like prayerful and like you kind of like (laughs) represent yourself socially that way, too. But then, you know, maybe people would look at that as like abnormal in some ways or something like that, Um, which if you are that way, that's there's nothing abnormal, quote unquote, um, or there's nothing like in on there's nothing bad about it. Right. But you know, some, there are many Catholic women who I think wouldn't necessarily see themselves that way, but they still want to try to live a holy life and a saintly life. Um, and I think maybe you tell me like if that book kind of helped you kind of shape your mindset around that. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like what I'm talking about kind of goes hand in hand with the quote that you were talking about from the C.S. Lewis book that like the person next to you is, I'm going to quote it wrong, but the person next to you is like the holiest object next to you the Eucharist, um, this just talks about how like the person, uh, sitting next to you at the table has a seat at the table and you have a seat at the table and the person with the complete opposite personality of you also has a seat at that table. And we all can fit into this picture, um, of, you know, the table, um, that Jesus creates because he created us all, um, because he loves us all. I mean, you know what's so important to take away from that, or what's important that I take away from that is you you say the word feminist to anybody, mm-hmm. and 
and I mean, at least to me, I just, I just start to like kind of cringe a little bit when you say that word, because right now when you turn on the news and, or if you Google feminist, the stuff that you'll see is crazy to us at least. Right. Um, but it's, it's redefining the word appropriately because you can be a strong woman <laughs> and a strong Catholic woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, from that read, it sounds like this is, this is how you do that. Like, this is how you become a strong Catholic woman. And there's nothing wrong with that. In fact, God is calling you to be that. But, you know, we need to do this the right way because a lot of, a lot of current feminist trains of thought Mm-hmm. are so anti-woman it's mm. crazy <laughs> it's crazy to me um not to go off on a rant there but that's that's my takeaway from just that ex uh, from the excerpt that you said and from the book and your description of the book so yeah no that's definitely true and i feel like i still don't love that word feminist because of just the connotation that goes along with it in right. like today's society um and that kind of brings me into the second book the privilege of being a woman which I think I could probably say is my favorite Catholic book that I've ever read. Um, So Alice von Hildebrand, she was a philosopher. She actually just passed away a couple months ago. She was like 90 something years old. But I know Sean has read a lot of books um, or a few books by her husband, who's also a Catholic philosopher. Dietrich von Hildebrand. Yes. Um, And he's great too. But she... um, she, Oh boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Her whole book, The Privilege of Being a Woman, dives deeper into that topic of how God created women and um, fulfilling like that vocation of just being a woman. Um, And she kind of dives into how uh, feminism is ruining our culture today, uh, which is, you know, a, a hot take, but I think it's a true take. And I'll just read you a little excerpt from this. Um, It says, feminism was born the day that the enemy convinced some ambitious women that they will never achieve greatness unless they liberate themselves from the burden to give birth that was so unfairly placed on their shoulders. Um, And that's kind of how she starts off the book and like the introduction to it. Um, And then she dives into just talking about um, how Mary gave birth to Jesus and, you know, Jesus entered the world through, um, you know, through a woman, through a woman giving birth and how as women, we can all do that too. Um, And what a gift that is. Another one of my favorite quotes from this book. um, When I read this, this one, I was just like, wow. It is one day, all human accomplishments will be reduced to a pile of ashes, but every single child to whom a woman has given birth will live forever for he has been given an immortal soul made to God's image and likeness. So I just love that quote so much. Um, I feel like it really just puts into perspective like all of like the mundane things that we do every day. And like the only thing that matters at the end of the day is like our souls and getting to heaven and the ones who bring those souls into the world, like it's women and women are so, so important to Jesus. Um, And that's really what this book focuses on. So I love that too. Right. And the misconception is, well, the church is sexist. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that is the misconception. Well, then why can't women be priests? And again, that's a different mm-hmm. episode that we'll yeah. have. But at the end of the day, that's the view is that the church is sexist, but it couldn't be further from the truth. Mm. And, you know, this is exactly why I wanted to have you on, Julie, because I'm not reading those. You know, I don't know, Sean, you might have, but I read it after did. Julia did. Okay. I, I convinced him too, and he loved it. It was fantastic. It really was. I would I would encourage any woman listening to this and Julia I'm sure would too like pick it up it's not a long book it's a little bit dense but it's not anything crazy that beyond like a high school reading level couldn't be able to take on so right 107 pages I'm gonna back up like 15 seconds and when I said I'm not reading that I (laughs) that sounded horrible what I meant to say was there's no way that I would have just picked that out on a bookshelf and read it if it wasn't suggested by you. But mm-hmm. I mean, just because the title is the title doesn't mean that, you know, we should not be reading that. Um, that's, that's great. 
That's awesome. So thank you. Now I'm going to read The Privilege of Being a Man. That's right. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That, Written by Sean Greeley. <laughs> I don't know if that exists, but I definitely haven't read it. It's you two pages. Of, you can make fun of this book all you want, but it is one of the best books I've ever read. No, I would I would never make fun of the Hildebrand. You made fun of this book a little bit because of the title before you read it, but I think now you have a deep respect for this book. I'm, I've been outed. It, it is absolutely a title I would make it's fun funny. of. It's funny. For sure. The privilege of being a woman. Right. I, it, it's, uh, you know what it is? I roll my eyes yeah. because of the culture we're in today. Yeah. So thank you for opening our eyes to know that that's not the case with that book. So that's great. Um, I'm going to dive into a podcast that I love, but actually it ties into a book that I've listened to uh, via audiobook. Um, and it's, it's Trent Horn. Um, Trent Horn is an apologist. Uh, he works for um, EWTN or Catholic Answers. Catholic Answers, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess Catholic I Answers is a part of e- EWTN. Okay. Um, but he's an apologist, so he argues. That's what he does. And I'll say that sometimes I need to take a step back from listening to his podcast, which is the Council of Trent, um, um, because I need to stop getting into an argumentative mindset. But I love the aspect of debating. I, I love the thought of, you know, having conversations in a very, very smart way and not aggressive, which is essentially what he does. And that's what apologists do, or that's what they're supposed to do. So I, I love that podcast. Again, it's called Council of Trent. Um, and it actually led me to one of his books, and it's called Why We Are Catholic. And I've shared that with you guys, actually. And I think it is a phenomenal book. Because it's great for, you know, one of us as Catholics to read because it, it gives us ammunition. And at the end of the day, we all need ammunition because I think we all have our backs up against the wall in regards to this society that we're living in right now. And we need to have answers because we will, if, if you're trying to evangelize, which again, God is calling us to do, then we are going to have questions thrown at our way and and sprayed bullet style. So mm-hmm. if we have answers in our back pocket, and again, it's not a gotcha answer, it's answers to at least open up the conversation. Now, I'll say this, if people are coming at you extremely aggressively, I'm not gonna engage with them because they are not looking to have a discussion. But if somebody actually has a genuine question to me, I would love to have an intelligent conversation with them. So uh, the, the book is uh, Why We Are Catholic by Trent Horn and and the podcast that he have is is Council of Trent. Do you, do you listen to that at all? Um, I don't Julia? listen to it like religiously, but mm-hmm. I have listened to episodes before, and he's very good. He's great. I know. I know you've listened to that in the past. Yeah, and I like it too because he puts out I think three episodes a week or three or four, but every Friday he puts out just like a random topic for whatever for he's interested Friday. in. Free for all Friday. Yeah. So those those sometimes are hit or miss, but oftentimes they're pretty entertaining. So even if you're not into the whole like. Um, evangelization or apologetics, which should be. I mean, like Loren said, like everybody should be well armed to be able to have a conversation if and when the opportunity presents itself. Not a combative conversation, but definitely an evangelist one. Um, but there's also a little dose of entertainment because he's an interesting guy with a lot of interesting um, thoughts and you know things that he's interested in himself. So. Super quirky, like yeah. a super quirky. Need I say like? Uh- Need I say nerdy kind of? Yeah, uh, he's a nerdy guy. We yeah, can say that. I, yeah. I mean, I'm a nerdy guy, so I'm. A, I think I'm allowed to call him a nerdy guy because right. I'm into a lot of what he's into. But um, yeah, it's just again, he's he's an apologist, so he is coming from a very um, challenging kind of perspective, which I like. What I like with him too is, I mean, especially recently, he's talked, you know, a little bit about like the pro life. Uh, well, he talks a lot about the pro life uh, issue. Um, and obviously with recent events, he's spoken a little bit more about it. And before he converted to Catholicism, because he wasn't born a Catholic, he was uh, an advocate for pro-life before that. Right. But, you know, he found his way to Christianity. He became pro-life. He was very, um, into, you know, creating arguments for that stance. And then eventually found his way to Catholicism along the way too. Yeah. So, um, I will say that a lot of his stuff is very in the weeds in regards to uh, Catholicism. So just if, if it's above your head, you know, I, I don't blame you for turning it off because a lot of that is above my head too. Um, but what actually got me into Trent Horn was Catholic Answers Live, which is a live radio show that they do. And he's on there a lot. And that is a really cool program as well. It, it's also in podcast form, Catholic Answers Live. So 
Um, it's just a bunch of callers calling in and asking anywhere from the basic questions to super complex questions. And they have, you know, a lot of apologists answer them. So I, I like that. It's entertaining to me and it's super um, educating. So uh, that's that's my resource. Do you got another one, Sean? Yeah, I have a few more books here. Um, I'm going to just reel off a couple of them. Um, one is Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. Um, I'm listening to that are on you audiobook. Oh, man. Yeah. That is a book I read probably in my freshman or sophomore year of uh, college. And it was like one of the first books that I picked up that really reinforced like, holy crap, like being Catholic, there's like reasons behind it, you know? Yeah. Um, outside of like my parents raised me this way. Like G.K. Chesterton, um, if you're not familiar, wrote in the early 1900s, um, must have been a saint. I really wish he like lived longer. I think he died in his late 50s. He was a very heavy man um, for what it's worth, but he was just absolutely brilliant, um, was an Anglican that converted to Catholicism and wrote just fantastic books about like starting with the way the world was. He wrote this book called Heretics talking about how the world was turning in a bad direction. And all these people came out of him saying, well, what are we supposed to do about it? And then he wrote this book Orthodoxy in response to that as like, we need to go back to, you know, the the Christian values that the, that the West and that our world that we know it as was founded upon because that is going to steer us in the right direction. Um, I think it's in that book that he writes about, like some people will find a fence in a field and immediately destroy it because they don't want the boundary. And some people will find a fence in a field and say, uh, I'm not going to take this up until I know what this fence was built for. You know, um, it's like such a, he, he's very paradoxical. He's very logical. And in a lot of ways just really represents Christianity in a good way where Things aren't always on one side or the other of like a political spectrum that we would understand it as, but he's always able to kind of present things from a really deeply um, compassionate Christian perspective, in my opinion. And he brings it ground level, like the the analogies that he that he discusses and 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 the similes. I I just you know he makes sometimes he'll make very complex situations, like I said, ground level for someone like me to understand. And I love it. <laughs> yeah, love it. no, I think it's accessible. I think it's accessible. Um, so that's one. Um, I also have a book called Tattoos on the Heart. Um, if anybody is aware of somebody named Father Gregory Boyle, he's a Jesuit priest who's still alive, still doing ministry in Los Angeles. And I, I forget what part of LA, like geographically, but it's a pretty um, dangerous area. It's a pretty like violent area, um, crime statistically wise. So he was there since the 80s, I think, and he was put there on a mission church. And he's just in the midst of gang violence, like gangs meeting up in the street and shooting each other and, you know, young kids dying all the time as a result of it. And essentially just started ministering to these kids, like would literally walk into the middle of two gangs holding guns at each other's heads. He would walk into the middle of it and stop it, which is horrifying to think about doing. Um, but in the time period that he's been doing it for the last, you know, 30 plus years at this point, I think he founded a ministry called homeboy industries. He has helped some of these gang members get out of gang life and into, you know, working in one of the businesses that the ministry oversees, which at this point they do t-shirt and promo item design. They do um, bakery items. They do grocery store items. I mean, with Julie and I have been in a grocery store where we've seen guacamole and salsa and different things like that made by Homeboy Industries, which is pretty cool. Um, they also offer like tattoo removal services where a lot of these gang members will have face and neck tattoos and wow. then they'll take them off for them for free so that they can get back into the workforce. That is really cool. Now, this book, Tattoos on the Heart, I forget what year it was written. It might have been like 2012 or something like that. But he just tells story after story after story of brokenness and then grace entering into these people's lives, and then redemption, and oftentimes, it's just a real tragedy. I think there's one where there's this guy who gets out of gang life when he in his you know late teens and is really struggling with it, but gets out of it, and then finally like meets a woman, marries her, gets out, has kids, and one day comes back to L.A. sees Father Greg. Um, he's doing he's doing really well. He's got a union job. He's supporting his family. But he goes back to his old grounds, to his old, you know, um, where his gang is from, his old neighborhood. And somebody from a rival gang sees him and he shoots him and kills him. Mm. Like years after he got out of there. 
Um, and he, Father Greg Boyle just does a really good job of kind of like getting into like the, the highs and the lows and like the beauty and the tragedy and everything along the way in the ministry that he's done, but how God is in the midst of all of it. Um, the subtitle of the book is The Power of Boundless Compassion. And the whole point of it is if you can, you know, if, if you can speak the language of compassion to the people around you, um, it's, it, a lot of these things are all intertwined because it's all in the language of love, which is the language of God. But um, the person next to you is the holiest person next to you or is the holiest object that you're going to encounter in the day. Right. So it's being able to speak to that no matter what their background or who they are coming from, because you know that there's an element of God in them that can be exposed and can be brought to a better life. What's beautiful about that is that, <clears throat> again, I, I would assume that the majority of our listeners are not in gangs, as we are not. However, it doesn't take much for us to read something like that and put ourselves in a broken mentality because we've all been broken at one point and we, we've all you know prayed and asked for grace to enter into our lives. So that aspect, I'm sure, is, is, can be phenomenal from a read like that too. Uh, but dude, that's, that's awesome. And you know, you guys are inspiring me to want to read. It's going to be great. I hope all of it is on audiobook. You should listen to tattoos on the heart. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, Julia, I'll jump to you. Let's hear another resource that you love, whether it be a, another book, a podcast. It's yeah. Um, I can go into another book. Um, so men, women, and the mystery of love by Edward Shree. Is that how I pronounce that, Sean? Shree. Yeah. Shree. Shree. Edward Shree. Shree. Yeah. Um, Doctor. Dr. Edward Sri? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Sure. Um, so this is a book that takes um, Pope John Paul II's Theology of the Body and kind of breaks it down. It's like Theology of the Body for Dummies, kind of. Um, Christopher West does something like that too, right? Yeah. 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 Um, and this book is just really, really great. It's all about the church's um, teaching on men and women and sexuality and kind of everything that goes along um, with that. So I really love this book because um, I've never actually read uh, Theology theology of the Body in its entirety. Um, it's a little bit dense for me, um, but this book really just showed me how beautiful the church is teaching on, um, you know, theology of the body and sexuality is. Um, and one of the books, funny enough, that uh, Sean brought is the actual theology of the body mm-hmm. in, in uh, simple language. Yeah. It's, simple it's not, language. so it's not actually, have you read the entirety of it? Well, so theology of the body isn't necessarily like a text in itself, but it's based on a series of audiences that Pope right. John Paul II off, like gave during his papacy in the eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget exactly how many of them there were, but the, the edition that I have is essentially like each of those audiences broken down into a simple language. Right. So, um, and who wrote the one that you that you? Oh, this is John Paul II. John Paul II. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's, it's it. adapted, but it's John Paul II's <laughs> language because yeah. I have the Christopher West <laughs> interpretation upstairs as well. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> um, I did not bring it downstairs because I have not read it. So <laughs> you should. I yeah. mean, there's some really great stuff in here too, um, especially for people around my age. I'm, um, I guess, in my early to mid. 20s and I read this a couple years ago as I was just getting out of college um and it talks about chastity and purity and um contraception which I know is a big one with um women my age um and then just like being single but training for marriage right now even though you are single um and preparing your heart for your spouse so it goes into a a lot of really really great topics um yeah What's great is we recently just released an episode with our friend Megan Magaldi, Mm -hmm. and the topic that we were talking about was the first couple of years of a Catholic marriage, and she actually, she said that she took a course at the Franciscan um, about, uh, regarding theology of the body, and I think the entire class was that, and she, you know, she touched on that a little bit, but definitely a great resource for us to at least dive a little bit deeper into, and what's cool is... Um, it actually transitions into Pines with Aquinas, which is, you know, a very popular podcast that I know you listen, that we, we've all listened to, um, we all, the three of us, but I'm sure that a lot of listeners, if you're listening to this podcast, you probably have come across Pines with Aquinas and he, Matt Frad, the host of that show has Christopher West on a bunch as a guest and it always <laughs> dives back into theology of the body. So I love listening to those episodes, 
uh, because it's, I mean, we talked about the misconceptions before about women in the church. There's also misconceptions about what the church feels about sex and sexuality in itself. So, um, like you said, a resource that you just mentioned, Julia, is phenomenal. But anyway, Pines with Aquinas is, is a podcast that I love, but they've gotten to like three-hour episodes now. Well, you talked yeah. about debates at the Council of Trent. That's like they'll host full-blown debates on Pines with Aquinas, which are really incredible to listen to, but they are long. Right. And now, now sometimes I'm in the car three hours a day, and I listen to my podcast one and a half speed. Mm-hmm. And Katie, my wife, Katie cannot even hear that for 10 seconds. It gives her so much anxiety. I agree with listen, you. Listening to something at one and a half speed. Um, there's a couple that I cannot, like I cannot listen to Father Mike Schmitz at one and a half speed. Oh no. Can't do that. Got to put him at regular speed. But I listen to my podcast at one and a half speed. And again, podcasts are very educational. So I'm trying to take all this in as much as I can uh, in the amount of time I'm in the car. So I would say try it out. And if it's not for you, like Julia or Katie, then abandon ship. But that's fine. That's fine. You don't have to. Um, I will say I do 1.2 speed for all of my podcasts. And that's a happy medium for me. Okay. Yeah. So if it's like an hour episode, I'll finish it in 45 minutes. If I I do 1.5, I just do not comprehend a word that they're saying. Well, I have friends who do double speed and I can't do that. Oh, wow. That's wild to me. That's too much for me. Start at 1.2 and work your way up. That's my my advice. Slow it down. 0.9 speed. (laughs) (laughs) I will. There is 0.5 speed, I think. (laughs) Um, But there is... I'll say that my friends who listen double speed are listening mm-hmm. to like sports radio mm-hmm. and and those kinds of podcasts. But if you're trying to take in, you know, some deeper stuff, I don't know if two double speed is is adequate. Yeah. I mean, you could. You got a I different brain than me. Yeah, if you want to listen to us at double speed, that's fine. You want to blow through this podcast? That's okay. We'll start talking super slow in your face. Um, Pines of the Quinas is what I, I I love that podcast. I really do, and and. Not just debates, but he he goes into three hour just blow conversations. Yeah, and it's um, again you you can he's not trying to trick you with any of the titles of the podcast. So I'll pick and choose which ones I want to listen to with mm-hmm. that podcast too. But he's just he's he's sounds like just a genuine guy, and he he talks about his shortcomings in every single podcast. He talks about how broken he is. He's gone into the past, and the, the last episode I listened to, he, I think maybe for the first time, admitted that um, he was engaged in fornication with a woman when he was younger, and there was a scare that she was pregnant, and out of his mouth, he said, well, then you'll just get an abortion, right? Like, And he admitted that on the podcast, and, mm. and, and, and talked about how it makes him feel today, and, and how broken he was at that point, and how misguided he was and misinformed he was um so I, I just love real people i love listening to real people and I, I he's very real when i listen to him so i love that podcast yeah i think uh it's just a couple podcasts that i've listened to that we haven't mentioned yet um number one is called every knee shall bow which i think all three of us listen to um it's hosted by two lay evangelists named michael gormley and dave van bickle I think they're based out of Texas and Pennsylvania, and Pittsburgh, if I'm correct. But the two of them, they they work with Ascension Press to put on this podcast about evangelizing, right? A lot of it is geared towards youth ministry, but just evangelization in general. And again, just a really refreshing take from like two younger men, like guys who are in their like mid to late 30s, from what I understand, um, to share their takes on working with youth, uh, what they're seeing. And how they're presenting the gospel and present presenting the kerygma in the parishes that they work at. In uh, in connection to that, another resource that I found to be just extremely valuable in opening up the Bible, which I know that Michael Gormley has talked a lot about, is actually totally non well not totally in some ways, but more psychological than Christian. Um, for, pretty divisive figure, but Jordan Peterson um, is a psychologist who has gotten extremely popular for better or for worse over the past five years or so. Um, But beyond like all of the political interpretations of his work and everything like that, if you go back to 2017 or 2018, he did a series on the book of Genesis from the Bible 
Um, I think I forget how many lectures it is, but there's at least 10 or 12 of them, and they're each about two and a half hours long. So it's definitely a commitment to get through them all. But it opens up scripture in a way that I think Catholic priests need to understand and listen to for their homilies when they're communicating um, the Old Testament, the gospel, and just scripture in general. You have this this clinical psychologist talking about the Bible in a way that a majority of the world has never heard before because he's relaying it to what are the deepest truths that lie within this text that can be applied to our lives. Things like how when Abraham was called by God, he was really being called to a life out of the comfort of his life and into adventure. And how many Christians need to hear that today? Christian men and women who are just going about their you know, business day to day where they're, you know, waking up, going to work, coming home, eating, watching Netflix, going to bed and repeating the cycle. And then on weekends, going out to bars with their friends and just doing everything for a social media purpose or for a um, purpose of, you know, putting down the anxiety and the fear and everything that they have in their lives. It's like, no, that is not what God is calling you to. He is calling you to go beyond your horizon, go into the desert tackle the world in front of you. Um, so that's an example of what he does with Abraham. He does. He goes into Adam and Eve. He goes into Cain and Abel. He goes into just all of the deepest stories from Exodus, or not Exodus, sorry, Genesis, um, as far as how, and he's not even speaking from a Christian perspective. It's the craziest thing. But he's talking about how God can access our lives and how we can access the life of God through the through that scripture. So I would, I would highly recommend that biblical series of, of lectures from him to anybody who would take the time to listen. And I, I love the fact that it, it that he is, he doesn't identify as Christian. Like he doesn't, like he is, he's like, what does he say he is? I think he's now, he says he's not an atheist, but he still struggles with saying that he believes in God mm-hmm. because his take on believing in God is such a high demand. Like for him to say he believes in God, he interprets that as I need to live my life in a perfect way, like Christ did. Like I need to, like every decision I need to make has to be in line with God, but I don't do that. So how can I claim to believe in God? So there's there's grace that's needed in his life as far as all that goes. But um, he's definitely, especially at that point in his life, he definitely wasn't speaking from a Christian perspective. No, he's seeking out truth. And that's what we should all be doing is seeking out truth. And what that screams to me is that there is just regardless whether you feel Christian or you're atheist or there might or agnostic, if he's able to interpret it, Genesis, interpret Genesis like that, then you, you got to know that there's some truth in scripture. Yeah. Right? And we actually, I mean, Bishop Barron is a big media priest, Bishop Robert Barron out in LA. And he gave a talk at the uh, United States conference of Catholic bishops about Jordan Peterson and saying like, we have, young men and women across the country in the millions listening to his podcasts and watching his YouTube videos. And we can't get 50 people to come to mass on Sunday. We need to be paying attention to people like this in our culture. Right. And what that, that leads me to think of is discussions that we've had in the past in regards to just being such a soft culture from a church perspective. And at the end of the day, the solution might be, what Pope Benedict was talking about, where it's like, shrug your shoulders. At the end of the day, we're going to be a smaller church, but it better be a strong one, yeah. you know? So speak your truths and, and don't be shy of that because truth will always win out. Um, that's a great resource, Sean. Thanks. Uh, I'm not going to let you talk about more books to make me feel horrible about myself, <laughs> Julia. <okay. laughs> so I'm going to ask you to share a podcast that maybe Sean or I don't mm-hmm. listen to. Might be a geared more towards women and i'm sorry mm-hmm. to put you in a box that way That's but fine. um but i had a feeling that you might go that way anyway mm-hmm. um but just like to speak because i would love for some women to hear about resources from an audio perspective yeah definitely um <clears throat> so one of my favorite ones is abiding together um it's a catholic podcast it's two catholic moms they're probably in like i don't know maybe like their 40s they have teenagers um and a catholic sister comes out every Monday. It's a great podcast. Um, and they just, they talk about everything. They've talked about, um, everything from the feminine genius to being a mother, to being a bride, to being a sister and just everything in between. Um, 
And even for men, like men can listen to the podcast too. I was actually going to recommend the last episode that I listened to, to both of you, um, because it was really great. I think I'm going to. Yeah. There's a lot of really great stuff in their last episode about marriage. Um, so I think that would be a really great one for people to listen to who are married. Um, hear that Sean? <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta listen. She didn't say anything about it before now, just for the record. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just listening to this podcast. Um, it's, you know, it covers a lot of topics, but it just feels like sitting and like enjoying, like I drink tea. It feels like enjoying a cup of tea with like my mom or like, I don't have a sister, but what I imagine to be like an older sister or something like that. So that's a really great one. Um, that's Catholic. Something that I was talking to Sean about the other day is that so I'm in my 20s, and I feel like there aren't a lot of great Catholic podcasts out there for, like, women in their 20s and, like, the phase of life that I'm in right now. Um, maybe there are, and I don't know about them yet uh, because they're, like, smaller podcasts, but there aren't, like, any big ones that I think are good for this age group. Um, so I actually listen to a Christian podcast. It's not Catholic. Um, it's a Christian influencer, Sadie Robertson. Um, she's the daughter of the guy from Duck Dynasty. Uh, most people know who that is, but she has a great podcast called Whoa, That's Good. And she asks everyone who comes on her show what the best piece of advice they've ever been given is. And all the people who come on her show, um, they're Christians. So that's another really, really great one. There's just really great like biblical advice in her episodes. A lot of really great guests. She has doctors. Um, she has Tim Tebow on some episodes. She has uh, like her mom and her sister and just all these really, really great guests that come on her episode. Uh, yeah, her episodes. Um, but those are my big two that I think I listen to. That's great. Have you listened to Among the Lilies? I've tried to. Um, I think and, that's one of the examples that Julia like brought it. up when she was like, that's not for somebody <laughs> in their 20s as much. Oh, I, I don't know. I know that's I've, Matt Frad's I've, wife. Yeah, that's Matt Matt Frad from Pints with Aquinas that we were just talking about. He, Cameron, I think Cameron Frad? I think that's her name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's her podcast. So I'm just curious. Like, I've never listened to it, but I know that she has a podcast. So I'm curious if you listen to that at all. Yeah, so I've heard that people love it. Um, but I don't know. When I listen to podcasts, so I'll tell everybody, like, I'm 24 years old. I want to listen to people who uh, like just get where I'm at in life right now. Like I want to listen to people who are kind of similar to me, maybe not similar in the way that they, you know, look, sound like what they do for a career. But I want to listen to people who are, you know, around the same age as me, who have similar values to me. And that's what I kind of look for in my podcasts. Um Abiding together doesn't really fall into that category, but it does feel like I'm like sitting and listening to my mom talk and give me advice, which I like. Um, but yeah, so for people my age, like I would say it's okay to dive into other Christian podcasts as long as like you can stand firm in um, the truth of Catholicism and you're well versed in that. Like it's okay to listen to other Christian podcasts because some of these Christians, like they're very well versed in like their Bibles and they're great followers of Jesus and they have some great things to say. Um, that doesn't need to sway you away from being Catholic, but you know, it's okay to listen to other people sometimes. Right. That makes us, that makes me think of our friend, Justin, who, um, you know, he's on tour all across the country with Christian artists. Mm -hmm. And he said, one of the toughest things is having these conversations and trying to stand firm as a Catholic uh, because at the end of the day, there is so much truth in the discussions that he's having until it turns one corner. And at the end of the day, he has to say, eh, well, I don't agree with that. Right. And then walk away or try to evangelize right then and there. And that's one of the toughest things that he says he has to do. Um, but you're right. I mean, we can't close. I mean, Jean just talked about listening to Jordan Peterson, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, so opening our uh, our minds to taking in information, but standing firm with what we believe in the truths of our Catholic faith is super important. So that's great. So what we'll do, I want you to think of one or two women your age. Think of a name of the podcast and every fifth episode, sixth episode of just a parishioner until you're comfortable doing your own podcast. We'll just have all women talk and, and that'll be the start <laughs> of it. And you start the the podcast for Catholic women in their twenties and make it yeah, no, make it worthwhile for people, right? We'll, we'll see about that. Okay, but fair. it's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm I'm not joking, but think about it. Let's let, let's talk more. Let's talk more about that offline. 
Um, what else? What else do you guys have from a resource perspective that you want to share with our listeners? So I have two more books that I brought along with me that I'll talk about um, briefly. One of them is another C.S. Lewis book called Mere Christianity. Um, this is kind of the, the primer for C.S. Lewis, I think. He kind of wrote it. Um, actually, he wrote it. He didn't write it originally. It was a series of radio broadcasts um, at the beginning of World War II, I believe, where a lot of people were losing a faith in a good God because how could there be so much destruction and horror in the world? And they invited him to come on to do radio broadcasts on the BBC radio. And it turned into this book, essentially. They, they transcripted all of his recordings. And I think that it's not a perfect defense of Christianity by any means um, from like a rationality or, or an apologetic standpoint. And he, C.S. Lewis wasn't Catholic. So he is talking. Right, I was going to mention that. Yeah. He's Christian. Yeah. He was high Anglican Christian. And very frankly, he was born in Belfast in Ireland. And I think that if he was born in an area where it wasn't so hotly contested between Protestants and Catholics, there's a good chance he would have found himself converting to Catholicism in his life. But I digress on that. Um, he just presents a lot of really great Christian truths. And I wouldn't even say arguments, but definitely insights about the world around us and the life that we live, how Christianity makes sense. Um, it's something that kind of is an entryway into arguments for why Christianity is real, why Christ is Christ. It's not perfect. I think there are better um, arguments than what he presents in the book. However, I do think that it's very um, eye-opening to many people who think that Christianity is based on fairy tales. And it's funny because he talks about fairy tales in Mere Christianity and about how, you know, fairy tales and folklore and legends and myths, those are all touching upon elements of truth that culminate in the truth of Christianity um, before Christ revealed himself. So that's one. The second one I'll say is similar um, in the sense that it's kind of an expose on Christianity, except it's written by Fulton Sheen, who was a priest and a bishop um, throughout the 1900s. I think he died in the 1970s. It's called Life of Christ. This is really kind of a biblical examination of the gospel where he goes through the four gospels and he goes through step, step by step of Jesus's life and dives into each important element of his life and kind of does a little exegesis or um, examination of the, the word of God to kind of walk through what's happening, give a historical explanation, like from a Jewish standpoint in that time during Israel, uh, during the Roman reign in Israel, like how would things have been interpreted that Jesus was doing and a really spiritual view into the text. Um, I read this mostly when I was in seminary. It was actually a gift to me while I was in seminary. And I think it just helped open my eyes into the way that Jesus operates through the Gospels, how God operates through the Gospels, how we can see, again, a way to apply this to our lives. Um, and listen, as a lifelong Catholic or somebody who converted later on or a lifelong Christian, you know, a lot of these stories become mundane to us in some ways because we hear them Every year, if you go to Easter and Christmas Mass every year, you hear the same stories every year. Even if you go to Mass every single Sunday, things get familiar after a while. So diving into a text with somebody like Fulton Sheen, who is just an expert communicator, um, I think it opens your eyes to a lot of elements of stories that you may not have realized before. That's great. Julie, you got one more? Um, I do have one more, but just going back to what Sean said about mere Christianity. Um, so that was the first, um, Christian Catholic Jesus book I ever read. Um, I read it in college and it like completely changed my life. I feel like, um, even though, as you said, it might not be like the best defense of Christianity. If you've never read, um, anything like that before, I feel like that is a great place to start mere Christianity. Um, I remember like staying up until 2 a.m., like reading it with like a flashlight in my bed. Like it was that kind of book that I just had to get to the end because it was so good to me. And I feel like um, C.S. Lewis is a really great place to start 
if you don't know where to start with like all these books and podcasts and all these different things like you need to start somewhere and I think that starting somewhere anywhere um, is a great way to just dive deeper into your faith aside from like just going to mass on Sundays or you know praying obviously we want to do that but like reading and consuming media about being a follower of Jesus is like it changes everything I think Thank you for having commentary on what Sean said because I had nothing because I hadn't <laughs> like listened or read either of those. I live so with it. <laughs> my response was, Julia, what do you got? <laughs> like, <laughs> so thanks for commenting on, on everything amazing that Sean just said. Great. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> anyway, Julia, what do you got? <laughs> um, so this is actually somebody that Sean introduced me to, and it's Henry Nowen. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was a priest, right? Yeah, he was a Dutch priest. Okay. Um, and he has a lot of great books. I haven't read all of them. Um, but the one that I have read is Life of the Beloved. And it's um, about spiritual living in a secular world. So he wrote this book for a friend who requested it. I think um, he was Jewish, but he was like a secular journalist and a writer. And he asked Henry Nowen to write this book that explains the spiritual life in terms that him and his friends could understand without... <clears throat> without like trying to evangelize or like be overly spiritual. Like he just wanted Henry Nowen to explain it to like, I don't know, like spirituality for dummies basically is what this book is. Um, And I don't know, it's just really great. It talks all about how we are just so loved by God, but it never really says like, you are loved by God. Like he just keeps repeating this phrase throughout you. Like you are the beloved, you are the beloved. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I'm not really explaining it well, but I promise it's a really good book. <laughs> I, I would encourage people to even just go on YouTube and look up Henry <laughs> Nowen, beloved son or daughter of God. Or I forget exactly what you should look up for it. There's about an eight or nine minute YouTube video of Henry Nowen speaking at a retreat or a conference or something. And he is, it's probably in my top three YouTube videos I've ever seen because he is so convicting in talking about how the world wants to tell you that your identity is based on what you do or how you look or what other people say about you. And all of that is BS because what you really are at your core is a beloved son or daughter of God. And all of the stuff that the world tries to apply to you is absolute garbage compared to that like who you are your core identity is the thing that's important and the thing to remember about when you're pursuing things in your life um uh, sorry to interrupt but i think no, that you explain that better if, than me if, if, you can, <laughs> if you have if you have 10 minutes in your life look that up right now and watch it that's what i would say i, I mean you know what i love about all the resources that we've shared is just different approaches and different audiences because I'm seeking something different than you, Julia, and different than you, Sean, and different than this listener or that listener. And and at the end of the day, there are just resources for everybody at every different level that you're at. And I think you guys have done a great job in regards to, you know, presenting different kinds of resources d- depending on what level you're at. Um, I mean, I like one like one podcast I listen to, and it's a. Not gonna even call it a guilty pleasure, but I guess it is. But it's the Father Mike Schmidt's podcast, and it's literally eight or nine minutes, and it's his YouTube videos in podcast form. That's all it is. And the messages are, I go into every single episode like, here we go. It's gonna be the same thing as last time, but I still walk away from all of those, very very, feeling, feeling better about my faith. You know, and again, I, I always talk about how I should steer away from feelings and how all of us should steer away from feelings because it can, you know, feelings can go away, but the truth is what matters. But at the end of the day, sometimes we need to be reinvigorated in our faith. And I think he does a great job of that. He also does a great job of exposing truth uh, within our faith, too. So and again, those are like seven or eight minutes. And that is very service level. Um, but we have everything from this to apologetics to um, C.S. Lewis, G.K. Chesterton, G.K. Chesterton. Sorry, this is a really strong beer that I was drinking before. <laughs> Gilbert Keith Chesterton. <laughs> so um, I just appreciate you know the insight that you guys were able to offer in regards to these resources. 
Um, but if there's anything else that you want to add before we close up tonight, you know, uh, send it in. I don't think, G- um, I was going to say GK Chesterton. I don't think father Mike Schmitz is a guilty pleasure. I think father Mike Schmitz is great. He's awesome. That's what I'll say. Okay. Also the best YouTube video that I've ever seen. Um, father Mike Schmitz, the hour that'll change your life. It's all about, um, the Eucharist and Jesus sacrificing himself. And then he like flips that on its head and compares us receiving the Eucharist to like the marital act. And it's like the craziest video ever. He talks all about the intimacy of receiving the Eucharist. And I listened to that and it completely changed the way that I viewed mass. So okay, that's my like mic drop. If you listen to nothing else, no, listen to that video. Drop the mic right there. I would say that the reason we did this episode is because obviously Lorenz and I are hosting this podcast and I'm lucky enough to marry a girl like Julia who has invested enough time to kind of learn a lot of the stuff herself. And we would encourage every parishioner, every, if you're an average person, an average Catholic, an average, you know, person who's not Catholic, whoever you are listening to this, um, these kind of things are always accessible to you to be able to have more intelligible conversations um, I don't know if we sound smart when we are talking on the podcast. I have no clue. We might sound like the dumbest people on earth, but if we do it all, it's because we've taken the time to invest, you know, some reading and some listening into these resources. So we would just encourage everybody to do the same. It doesn't have to be these, but hopefully they open a door for you to start to explore some things that maybe you haven't heard of before. Lastly, I know Julia mentioned theology of the body and I had it here too. I think that that is just an incredibly radical, radically new way to view the gospel and view the message of God. It's through St. John Paul II's theology of the body and recognizing what we were created for, how we have abused that creation in a lot of ways, and how we can redeem that creation through the way we live our lives. Um, What, like Julia said, our sexuality is designed for, the fact that Jesus never despises sexuality, but actually encourages it so that it will reflect divinity. That's what it's designed for. So I would encourage everybody to to take some time to read up on theology of the body specifically. Man, you sound so dumb saying something like that. So dumb. So dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry if we sound so dumb when we say some of this stuff. No, dude, you're, you're spot on. And, and again, the resources that you guys shared were, were phenomenal. To your point, Sean, I mean, I told Julia this the other day. I took in no resources. I listened to nothing. Um, And this is as short as, what, two years ago, three years ago, where I took none of this in. Obviously, the joke is I don't read, but I wasn't reading any of these books. But all the podcasts I was listening to were straight-up sports podcasts and all that. Um, And I I said, you know what, maybe I'll throw one out of the five I listened to and, and try to take something in wholly. And I did, and I'm like, oh, this is this is actually pretty good, and and I enjoy the ride, and my my commute is better because of this, and so I listened to it. Then it turned to two out of the five I listened to, then four out of the five, and and I joked to Julie, I'm like, I don't think I listen to any sports podcasts anymore because um, these days I'm either listening to you know one of the podcasts that I referenced to before, or I'm driving in silence, and I love driving in silence these days. But it's I'm, I'm trying to t- what I'm what I'm saying is. It, it didn't happen overnight where I was just taking in all of these resources and just completely shutting out everything. It's one at a time, go at your level. And hopefully you're, you know, you're finding truth in what you're listening to. Uh, like we're all trying to seek truth. So hopefully you're, you're doing the same. And, um, and again, I'm not trying to put us up at a pedestal. This pedestal, this is far from it, but we, we appreciate the fact that you're taking the time to listen to us right now. And this is a weird podcast. It's kind of an inception podcast because it is a podcast where we're talking about books and podcasts. But again, we appreciate that you're taking the time to listen to, you know, what we think and our insights on all of these resources. Um, Sean, obviously you're a host here. You had to be here, but thank you for taking Julie out here and, 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 you know, twisting her arm because um, she had nothing to say tonight. Now, Julie, honestly, <laughs> like you, we appreciate the fact that you were on here and able to 
give us a perspective that uh, give the listeners a perspective that Sean and I clearly would would not be able to. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Um, and also, I'll just mention that I manage our social media page. So if anybody needs like a recommendation and is just super overwhelmed by all of these ones, like just message us and I can help you pick a book or a podcast or a movie or a YouTube video. That's I, awesome. Now you see our Instagram. You know me. That's not me and Lorenzo. <laughs> You know, for a fact, I, that's not us. I think I handled it for about two days before Julia said, no, no, I'll take over. Yes. And so, yeah, so I, I will take this time to officially thank Julia for handling all of that because that is way above Sean and I, uh, Sean and my pay grade. Uh, so, Julia, well, number one, thank you for taking care of the social media aspect because you do it better than we would. And number two, thank you for being here tonight again. Of Appreciate it. Um, again, thank you for downloading today's episode. Uh, if you haven't already, definitely subscribe. Definitely give us a five-star rating. Nothing less. Nothing less. Don't be stingy. Uh, you can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And just like Julia said, you're not connecting with us. You're connecting with her. So connect with Julia at Just a Parishioner um, on Instagram and Facebook.com slash Just a Parishioner. Um, granted, Sean and I do have access to the email. So we are parishioners at gmail.com. Um, once again, thank you for taking the time to listen. Yeah, thank you guys for listening. Please know of our prayers for you. Please pray for us. Have a great week. I'm carrying that